Well then, it's lovely to see you. And uh, so I'm Adrian. Uh, if you're a visitor here, we're going on the series in the Old Testament, part of the Bible, looking at a king called Hezekiah. And I'm uh, going to be talking that. We're going to be dipping in and out of the passage. Um, but I want to pray and uh, just uh, ask for God's help for us, me to speak, and help us to listen. Because today is all about listening. Father, Father, thank you that you are the God who speaks. You're the God who speaks. You're the God who has given us your word. It's unchanging. But Lord, we know we're the ones that, Lord, we hear so many things, so many distractions, and we find it hard sometimes to listen. So would you give us ears to hear? You say to the churches in Revelation, he who has got ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says. Lord, give us ears. Give us ears. Amen. And God is, God is a good God and he loves to answer prayers like that. Uh, Christianity is about a, a, a walk of listening to Jesus. And so we're going to unpack that. King Hezekiah, his dad was a bad king. God brought something good in his generation. And we said that actually God is not restricted by your or my past. He's able to redeem it, whatever our backgrounds. Okay, I will use you. I will work through you serving my purposes. So whatever your background, God has got good news for you. And we recap also Hezekiah was a guy that restored worship the way God had said it would be. His father had said, do it this way and um, you know, don't bother about the temple, just do it this way on any hill. And he, uh, he boarded up the temple. Hezekiah says, no, we're going to go back to God's way. So Hezekiah's story continues and actually it looks like it takes a turn for the worse. And uh, it was great the last two weeks we celebrate God opening the temple, oh, Hezekiah opening the temple. But then we hit this bump, a big bump in the road. The invading army comes. And it's really important when we follow scripture that we don't just, we don't just enjoy the heights, because there's, there's some cracking heights, but we also see the reality that life, Hezekiah and our life, does this, doesn't it? We would all like it to be like this, but actually it's just this. And sometimes these can be really deep, sometimes these can be really high, sometimes they're stretched out. Some of you are much more, others of us are, okay. But it's like that, when we follow God, it does not mean that that we live at this plane of um, happiness and um, ease, Uh, because nowhere in the Bible does it say that. An enemy comes against Hezekiah, a large, successful Assyrian army, thousands of them, and they basically wipe out every nation that they come to. And now they reach Jerusalem, God's people, and they're now under pressure. The invading army camps around the city, going to starve them out. They've got history. People can read about it on the web in Jerusalem and say, look what they've done. 
And maybe that describes where you're at today. You just feel, I feel invaded. I feel surrounded. Maybe COVID, the pandemic, all sorts of things just surround us. And we think, I'm just pressured. The New Testament calls it squeezing. God allows squeezing. Maybe we're wriggling, squirming, hurting, all sorts of things in the squeezing. Like Hezekiah, we're thinking, what has happened? Look what I did, God. Now, now look what's happening. I think it's really timely that we're going through this because in the squeezing that we all go through, God is purifying you and I, his church. We've here in this morning, God is, we've had prophetic words, God is sharpening the prow of this boat. That doesn't mean he's sorting out some administration and organisation. It means he's sharpening us to be people of his presence, aware of his holy angels, empowered by the Spirit, living in truth that Leslie called us to. God is sharpening us. Do you hear what he's doing? So I think one of the things that God is saying to you and I and this church is wake up. Wake up. I'm calling you to be people that are alert and awake. And the pandemic has me and maybe it has many of us, has made us a little bit sleepy. It's made us think, I quite like it this way. I had church on my sofa at 3 p.m., 8 p.m. in my pyjamas. It's made us a little bit, oh, okay, do I need to get stuck in some of those ways I used to? It's made us think, do you know, I quite like spending time this or that. Maybe church could be one in three or four and we squeeze it around. I think God is saying, open door, wake up. Not just us, but many church. He's saying, wake up. He's calling us from being defensive, or at least comfortable in our homes, to living on the front foot, being offensive. Yeah, not offensive, not that offensive, but being offensive, living on the front foot. Do you hear what he's saying to the church? He's calling us. See, Christianity wasn't ever about having nice worship services. It was about a life of sacrifice that our hero and founder demonstrated. And said, Lord, wake us up. It's about giving our lives to him. Be alert, said Peter. Are you alert? Okay, Britain needs alerts. Be alert. Going to see some of the ways we get squeezed. Okay, so we're in 2 Kings, chapter 18. I'm going to dip in and read a few verses and comment as we go. So the field commander from the king, this invading king, says, Tell Hezekiah, 2 Kings 19, verse 19. Tell Hezekiah, this is what the great king, the king of Assyria, says. On what are you basing this confidence of yours? You think you can hold out against me? This confidence? You say you've got the counsel and the might for war. That's just empty words. On whom are you defending? Depending that you rebel against me. Look, you're depending on Egypt. Well, they're no good. They're a splintered reed of a staff. If you lean on them, they will pierce your hand. Pharaoh, king of Egypt. But if you say to me, well, we're depending on God. Well, he's the God of all the high places that you've just removed. So the enemy comes. He comes to Hezekiah and he comes to you and I. And he says, you can't have confidence in him. See what I can do. See what I can do. 
He comes full frontal. He comes to you and I, and he comes to Hezekiah and says, I'm the great king. Listen to my boasts. Look what I can do for you. You can't trust that one. He seeks to sow fear. He seeks to sow fear in their hearts. You can't stop. Look what, you can't stop me. Look what I've done already. You know, the enemy comes. The Bible is very clear we have an enemy. Not just ourselves sometimes, but we have an enemy and fallen angel, the devil, Satan, the liar, deceiver. Created, he's not God. He's not parity, but he's still an enemy. He comes to sow and fear, uh, sow death, destruction. And he comes to you and I. He says, look what I can do. Look what I can do. You say you've got the counsel. Well, look what I can do. Where's your confidence? He says to me, Adrian, where's your confidence? Where's your authority? He comes to you and I. Where's your confidence? And sometimes we find our confidence is lacking. We'll come on to some helpful answers. Then he says, verse 23, come on, let's make a bargain with my master, the king of Assyria. Make a bargain. And now the devil, the enemy... He comes, he's not so full frontal, he comes a bit subtle. He says, listen to me. Come on, let's, let's make a deal. If you aren't so committed, if you weren't so committed, I'd leave you alone a bit. Just take it easy. You know, you've got a busy life, just, just step back a bit. Let's reason. Did God really say? You know, maybe you, maybe you didn't hear him right. Maybe... Maybe he will for others, but he won't for you. So it's the more subtle approach. He tries that with the king. Then he tries another one. And we read, the commander stood. So the enemy commander comes against Jerusalem. And what he does, he uses the language that the people speak in Jerusalem. Why? Because he wants to sow some mistrust. He says, verse 28, the commander stood and calls out, in Hebrew. So sometimes he comes and says, I'm going to just sow some words among you. Because when the people will hear these words, they start passing around. And even the ones that didn't hear, well, very soon the, the church interweb will get people hearing. Have you heard? Did you, let me just tell you something. And the enemy lobs something in and it lets it spread. He says this, hear the word of the great king. There it is again, king of Assyria. This is what the king says, don't let Hezekiah deceive you. He can't deliver you from my hand. Don't let Hezekiah persuade you to trust in the Lord when he says, the Lord will surely deliver us. This city won't be given to the king of Assyria. Don't listen to Hezekiah. He's misleading you when he says the Lord will deliver us. What's he doing there? The enemy's trying to sow doubt and division and fear, but also to separate godly authority. The devil loves to come in. You don't need to listen to those. You don't need to trust God's word. Surely your decision is, is much better. He attacks godly authority. Don't listen to the king. He sows mistrust, starts a rumor. Your king's weak. Can't trust him. Look what I've done. He wants to break trust because when he breaks trust, we all decide, well, I'm going to do my own thing. 
I'm going to do my own thing. And that's what's happening in our culture, many cultures around the world, where trust gets broken. Everyone thinks, okay, well, it's every man for himself. If I can't trust this person in authority or that person, who can I trust? Well, I'll just trust myself and I will look after me. That's what happens in breakdown. It ultimately ends in anarchy. Pray for our government. Pray for our land. Lord, we need righteousness. Because without righteousness... Uh, we're lost. So the enemy comes and he seeks to break us. Uh, he does it in our lives. He does it in marriages. He does it in churches. He seeks to break trust of leaders. He seeks to sow division. He seeks to say, well, look what I can do. Come with me. And then he even he goes even one step clever. Okay, these Jews believe scripture. They've got some promises. So he says this. He says, don't listen to Hezekiah. This is what the king of Assyria says. Make peace with me and come out to me. Then each of you will eat fruit from your own vine and fig tree. You'll drink water from your own cistern. So the Jews will go, oh, that sounds like the scripture promises we've got. Maybe this king is good after all. Sounds just like the promises. God has told his people these very, almost these same words, but there's a slight twist. Then he brings some false prophetic words. He says, the Lord's told him, verse 25, the Lord's told me to come and invade you. I don't know what your God has said, but the God has told me. He's told me to march against his country and destroy it until I come and take you to a land. So his parting shot is, well, God's told me to do this. Who do you think you are? Do you get some of these things? Have you seen some of these things around in others, other churches, this church, your life, the devil's schemes haven't changed. Breaks authority, sows mistrust, brings some fear. Even he can quote scripture. Look at the temptations of Jesus. Okay, the devil comes and he, he quotes scripture back to Jesus. He's very able. He mixes in prophetic. Friends, what's the answer? You think, oh, Adrian, this isn't good news. This is just life's one long battle. It is. It is. That's why we need someone who can save us. That's why we need the Spirit of God in us to waken us up. When I said earlier, be alert, be awake, it doesn't mean set our alarm or try and have less sleep or you know, drink more coffee. It means be alert to God's voice. And here's a wonderful key coming up. And this is where this, the story flips. Verse 36 says this. So all these voices, for us, all these voices, but the people remained silent and said nothing in reply because their king had commanded, do not answer him. Okay, remember this verse. The people remained silent and said nothing in reply because the king had commanded, do not answer him. What did... So let's unpack three things. The people. First of all, there's unity. The way that we stand strong, open door, and the way that God sharpens his prow is his work in us together. Friends, this is a time where we find togetherness is so important. The enemy seeks to disrupt and every man for himself. God says, my people, my people. Friends, as we have groups coming, as we have prayer initiatives, as we have this thing on Sunday and Friday and Saturday, it's together that we win this battle. 
Friends, if we live our lives following Jesus on our own, we will be picked off and sidelined. God says, stand together and you'll be strong. The people stood in unity. There's something about being a people together that the enemy hates. He's come against this church to bring division. He comes against many churches. I want to keep you all apart. I want you mistrusting. I want you suspicious. God says, I want you together. The people remain silent. Some will have heard firsthand what the enemy says. Many of them would have heard rumors. They all stayed silent. Friends, what words come out of our mouths together? Are they words that build up this church and honor Jesus? Or are they words that seek to just bring a little bit of undermining? This is what I think. I know what Dave and Adrian think or these people. actually, But this is what I think. The people remain silent. You know, the pandemic has led us to independence. It's made us, in, we had to be, we were on our own, doing our thing in our houses. It's, made, it's accelerated independence. God says it's time to return to interdependence. Interdependence. Friends, that's not just a token thing. That's something I think, God, you're going to have to work in my life. We quite... We, we quite enjoy independence. There's something in us that, that lights it. God says, I want to bring interdependence. The way we deal with that is coming to Jesus, saying, Lord, you're going to help me. You're going to have to help me. Forgive me for my independent thinking and focus and all the things. You know what they're like. So God, come at work. Our culture leaves us in Britain to value the individual. That's not the kingdom culture, friends. That's not the culture of the Bible. So Lord, help us in our families, in our lives. How do we think community? The king among us says, let's stand together and be silent. Secondly, it says here, the king said, don't answer. Why don't we answer? Why don't we answer? Friends, we'll never be as clever with our arguments as the devil. But there's one. We are silent because there's one who has spoken. We are silent because there's one who spoke, who was led in silence to the cross like a lamb to the slaughter and was nailed said only a few words. We are silent because that man died and rose and is ascended. We're silent because Jesus has spoken. You and I can be silent because he's the one that we trust. We're silent because he's in victory. We're silent because God reigns and his truth is based on a man who has ascended to the right hand of the Father. So we don't have to win the argument because he has already. So friends, we don't need to worry about, I'm tied up with some of these arguments. No, we just look at Jesus. Say, Jesus, I trust you. He still says, you don't need to answer because I have. Friends, if you're trusting in yourself to make it through, we're not going to make it. I'm not going to make it. I've tested that many times, the theory. It doesn't work. But friends, if we trust the one who speaks, we will. And we'll be strengthened and we'll be led in his way. As we stay close to the true king, we receive his authority. Because when we're silent, he says, I'll give you the words. When we don't know what to say, he says, I'll give you the words to say. When we can't stand anymore, he says, now I'll lift you. Because he's the king of mercy. 
His lips are anointed with grace. Some of us, our noise and ears are so busy with things and our things, we can't hear what he says. As Leslie reminded us, we say, God, if he's speaking the truth, I need to listen to him more than anyone else. Friends, you're not standing alone. We're standing with the king says, Adrian, just shush, let me speak. And for each of us, you know, I had a time, some of you know, a few months ago, just a battle from my heart, long COVID, um, stuff going on in my body, stuff in my emotions. You know, it wasn't a time of great strength. It was a time of being surrendered in weakness. But this is what I found. As a king, he lifts the needy from the ashes and he fights and his word is truth. As I was just stuck and grounded, he lifts words of accusation and because he, he's nailed it to the cross. He's spoken. He defeats words of fear over my life and your life because he has risen. He breaks fear and mistrust of authority because he says, I'm the king of love with all authority. Friends, Let's be silent because he's spoken. And then lastly, we listen together. We're silent because he's spoken. Friends, we listen. We listen. I heard somebody last week talking about we spend time and we're attentive. How's our attentiveness to his voice? So it's possible to be here. It's possible to do this Christian stuff, but actually not to listen. God wants to come to you and I and say, Listen. The one who listens and obeys is the one who builds the house on the rock. It's not sacrifice that he appreciates, but obedience. To do righteousness and justice is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. Friends, if he's the king, we need to listen to him more than anyone else more than the enemy who comes in all these subtle ways. That's the story of Hezekiah. Let's open our hearts right now, Lord, to listen. To listen. We do it. It's a work of God in us. Okay? We say, God, would you come into my heart and enable me to hear your voice? If you're a Christian, you've already heard his voice. You became a follower of Jesus, not by just your intellect, but by the breakthrough of his speaking to you. If you're not a Christian, if you're here today and think, I'm not really a follower, I know about him, you find Jesus by listening to his voice. Say, Lord, speak. If you're a follower and you think, it's a long time since I've heard God speak. What's this story? Angels? I can read scripture and even that doesn't make sense. The Holy Spirit is here today to bring power and revelation to your life that you hear him. That was my story as a, as a, new, as a believer, a teenager. I knew that people could preach scripture. I went to church. But I never knew God could speak to me until a friend laid his hands on me and says, Adrian, you need to receive the power of God in your life. He prayed. And uh, kind of long story short, just power filled my life and changed me. And that night I went home and read scripture. And as I prayed, I thought, God, you're real. This, this is you. The answer that you and I are looking for is the king. 
It's the king of life. It's the king of power. It's to be together. It's to know his voice speaking.